Hi, I'm Nicola Cairncross and you're listening to the Money Gym podcast, where I interview successful entrepreneurs and investors and ask them if they could go back in time and give their younger selves one big tip about money, what would it be? I really hope you enjoy the show. Born in Brighton, England in 1967, Peter Harm had a standard education that finished abruptly at age 13 and a half. For personal reasons, he had to start work at a very early age. And after moving from job to job for six years, he ended up in heavy engineering and property development. In 1999, after working for a very long 19 years, he decided to retire. Well, take a year or two off and move to the Canary Islands. He and his wife are qualified divers, so that was the plan. But they ended up in Lanzarote at the end of 1999 amid the timeshare boom. And he ended up selling multi-million pound villas to very well-hill individuals who graced the offices of his newly found business partner. They then returned to England because they missed the English food and the seasons. Excellent quality Spanish red Rioja was playing havoc with his liver. He became a successful property investor and ended up buying and developing property in the Czech Republic, where his wife was from originally. He lost everything along with many other people in the the credit crunch, global recession and housing market crash in 2010. And since then, he's rebuilt his career as a joint venture supremo, putting people together who've got big lists and great products. He is now one of the founders of the Las Vegas Mastermind, where over 100 personal development experts come together to share, learn and just have an amazing time. Pete's been a really good friend of mine for many years, so I hope you're going to enjoy what he's got to say about money. You guys, so what, what have you learned about business and money and, and yourself and money and your attitudes to money? Well, depending on what type of business that, that I'm actually operating in, um, it's all about it's all about understanding risk. It's all about understanding um, what levels you are prepared to go to. Um, with me, uh, larger proportions of money I was dealing with were when I was into property development, and um, we were dealing in millions of pounds, leveraged money from banks, uh, different institutions. Um, uh, and our own capital as well, and um, there, from there on, it becomes a very arguable point because it's down to what comfort you're prepared to live with. Um, I do believe in putting a certain amount of money away uh, on a personal basis, uh, regardless of the situation, um, every week, and as a business, uh, setting yourself up for investment or expansion, you know, you should do the same. If you're going into uh, property or into an industry where it, inquire, it requires a large amount of investment um, to potentially uh, see a large capital return, whether you're investing in stock or in land or you're building something or, or any particular product, then it's down to your, to your risk, what you're comfortable with. Obviously, the higher the risk, the more chance you have of living on the street the following week. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the sensible thing is, um, as as you already pointed out, Nicola, regardless of your situation, is to put a percentage of your income by each week, increase that percentage as you feel more comfortable. Um, but this all all goes out the window when you look at your uh, your risk reward basis. What are you prepared to invest? What are you prepared to gamble? Because, quite frankly, we could talk about business money all day long, but I don't think there are many business people out there today that got started. Um, if they did get started with large bank accounts, then they don't count in this category anyway. But people that started at some point or other uh, in business as an entrepreneur will have taken a educated risk. They will have gambled at one point or other. 
Um, and even if you're bootstrapping a business, you're still investing your time that could have been used to go off and earn money elsewhere, aren't you? So absolutely, a lot of people at the beginning discount the value of their time and the opportunity. Absolutely. I think um, when, when it, I mean, this may be pulling off the subjects a little, but I'm quite passionate about, passionate about this because I think it's very relevant. When you're looking at going into business personally, um, and you're talking about investing X, Y, Z. Some people will say, well, that, that's an investment that could potentially uh, damage the well-being, my family's well-being, in a short or a long-term basis. Can you hear me, Nicola? Yeah, I can hear you fine, yeah. Okay, I just thought my computer was crashing there. Um, um, but from another point of view, you may, that, that you may be at this point in time employed by somebody else. You have no idea of that company's financials or its position in the marketplace. It could close tomorrow yeah. and you would still be without a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you look at risk, um, when you look at risk in your in your own arena, starting your own business, investing your own money into your own project. Yeah, there's a risk and there's a reward and the re reward should be phenomenally higher in your own business than it is working as an employee for somebody else and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever don't don't make, make me think that there is but you never know what your position is within that company whether that company is secure it's on the verge of a takeover whether it's you know on the verge of bankruptcy itself so there are risks and rewards in business and when you're referring to business money and referring to you know recapitalizing a business or reinvesting in a business whether or not it's your money an investor's money a bank's money whether or not you're talking about saving a percentage of your personal money or your business money to reinvest later there's always risks there's always rewards it depends on what you're comfortable with yeah that, that's my view Nicola there's no set principle for me no and, and then as you were talking I was reminded very strongly of one of the guys I play poker with who is a born salesman he's a brilliant salesman he's a, a great face-to-face -face and telephone salesman but he he's in a situation at the moment where three or four companies that he's gone to work for have just closed and he's been thrown back on looking for another job and he had at one at one point he had all the business cards you know he'd been in a job for about five or six years he had all the business cards of all the companies that he'd been to he was selling coffee i think or water and so he knew he had this huge database of, of potential customers for any for any business in his pocket in his, his business card rolodex if you like but because he's not techie he'd never transferred it into a database and at one point i said to him you know you can just take photos of those with your mobile phone that go straight into a database don't you and he said he said, oh, I didn't know that. So anyway, his boss paid for that, and he managed to get all the contacts into a database. But when, when that company closed, he lost all his own contacts. He'd thrown away the business cards. So the boss had got the contacts out of him. The company closed, leaving him high and dry. He didn't even have all his business cards anymore. And now he's in a situation where he keeps looking for a job. And I keep saying to him, why don't you go self-employed as a salesperson? You're brilliant at it. And people are crying out for good salespeople. Oh, he says, I've got to get a job. I need a, I need a steady income and a car and, and all that stuff and a wage. But yeah. actually, he's he's put himself in at bigger risk by not going out and, and being a freelance person who generates his own business, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, even though by the sound of it, this poor chap's experienced it himself by being made redundant, uh, or, or losing his job and ending up with nothing, you, you'd, you'd actually think that would make somebody think, well, okay, maybe I should look at the, uh, the risk-reward myself. Yeah. Um, it, it's a fine line. It's a fine line. 
Um, you're so indoctrinated, though, into the thing of if you're a salesman, you get a job, you get a car, you get a salary, you get a basic, you get paid, you know, commissions on target earnings. He can't even comprehend that there could be another way, really. Even though I tell yeah. him, everybody yeah. knows. I understand <laughs> that. I mean, a salesman is a very motivated person normally. Yeah. And He's considering right. they work off the, under their own steam, using their own initiative, um, I've always thought a salesman's probably the first person that could. That, that can take that step into being self-employed as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, they First should thing be. you have to do is sell your business, sell your products and services, yeah. isn't it? Okay, brilliant. So we've covered your business mind. We've covered your business marketing in a very different way, but I hope it, it you know, I, I know it's brought value to people listening. And we've talked a bit about business money. Um, I'm just trying to think the things I've learned about business money, apart from how to manage your money. You, you touched several times on that whole putting some aside every week, no matter what your circumstances. And I think we've, yes. all, we've all grown to believe that, haven't we? Even if you're earning a tiny amount, if you put a tiny amount of that way as a percentage, then it does mount up and it does something psychologically to your brain, doesn't it? It tells you somehow that if you've got a bit of money st stacked away, that you're not as poor as you might first appear or feel. And, and that right. helps, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, with me, to be honest, it sits there for a few weeks and another deal comes along and I spend it. But well, you invest if it. I didn't no, do no, it, no, I couldn't no. pick up the deal. No, you invest it. You don't spend it. Spending's different. Yeah, okay. I invest it. I invest it. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Then I have to look at that, you know, I have to look at that investment as being the pot of cash that I once had. So, you know, but then you start building again. So it's never, ever a bad thing. Never a bad thing. No. It, you know, it, it must be done. As you say, you're, you're training your brain. And not only that, there is a feeling of security and well-being and comfort um, from achieving that and actually having it. Yeah. And the other thing you know? that I've, I've learned is that is about taking money out of a business while times are good. You can always lend yeah. it back to the business if you really must. But if, if, if people leave their money in their business when times are good, then should a downturn come, then that, that money is quickly get sucked at, sucked away by the business when perhaps it would have been better to take the money out while times were good, have it safely somewhere else. And then if, if there's a downturn in the business, you can decide either to kill it or to re-lend re it again, can't you? But a lot of people leave the money sitting in the business, which is a bit of a mistake. Absolutely, Nicola. Um, I, I mean, I learned a, a friend of mine um, who we both know. I won't mention him unless you want me to. But we had a very successful business prior to the recession. And um, I'm quite proud of the fact, although in hindsight, I realized how stupid I was. Um, <laughs> we lasted probably two or three months longer than um, our much larger competition. And I look back and think how stupid we were. We were structured so badly that when the downturn came, they, their, their businesses were already cleaned out. Their businesses were ready to go bang at any second. Um, and they literally dropped their businesses like a, like a hot brick. Potato, yeah. Hot potato. Um, uh, and we foolishly um, had capital. Um, we weren't over leveraged. We continued to invest in our business and were squashed anyway. Yeah. Um, You're less personally, personally less well off than the other company yeah. who, who've been milking their business all along. Exactly. It's a very foolish, very foolish move. You know, the business is there to serve you, not vice versa. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction. And, and the, the e-myth 
it really drums that one home. But um, but this one about taking money out of the business all the time and then you can choose whether to lend it back or, or kill the business when, when it, things don't go so well, I think it, it, it helps get clarity of thought. Is this business worth saving? Yes, it's done well, yeah. but did it do well accidentally or did it do well because it's a solid business? And, and if your money's out somewhere else nice and safe, you can then decide whether you think your business is still a good investment. Absolutely. I mean, one, one, fundamentally, for me personally, life, life can, 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 ex, can excel in, in many, many areas. If you have one thing, if you have choice, yeah. everything is better. Yeah. If you have choice in where you go on holiday, what you don't need to be a billionaire or millionaire. You just need choice. Do I do this today? Do I not do this today? Do I get out of bed today? Yes or no. Do I work today? Yes or no. Do I have a holiday this year? Yes or no. If you can deliver choice, if you can actually have choice in whether or not you shut your business, keep your business running, if you create scenarios where you are in control, you give yourself choice in every arena you work within, your life is happier. Yeah. Remove any, you know, remove any element of doubt you possibly can and enable choice where possible. It doesn't have to be opulent. It doesn't have to be vast. It just needs to be your decision. It needs to be your choice. I think that that is so key in life. Give the, give yourself that opportunity at every opportunity. Yeah. Does that it's, make any sense? Yeah, Nicola? totally, totally. It's, well, it's one of the secrets of happiness, isn't it? Choi feeling like you're in control of your own destiny and like you've got yeah. choices is just so different to when you and you know. And we're talking from experience here, aren't we? Because we've yeah. we've both been in situations where we've had no choices, and it's it's a grim place to be. So you're right. You learn the lessons and and go forward. Pete. Oh, oh yeah. Um, when you're, when you're, you know. Sorry, Nicola. Oh no, you were going to say something then. Um, yeah, absolutely. When when your back's against the wall, um, it's it's too late, isn't it? It's yeah, too yeah. late to think, oh, I wish I'd taken the money out of the business or vice yeah. versa, you know. And you don't make good decisions when your back's against the wall either. So by yeah, giving right. yourself the the, the, the the luxury of choices, you're, you're likely to make better business decisions, I think, as well. Absolutely. Definitely. You've been listening to Nicola Cairncross on the Money Gym podcast. If you'd like to find out more about The Money Gym and how we can help you become more financially intelligent, just come on over to themoneygym.com. We'll see you over there.